first review of the day is going to be for guardians of the galaxy volume 3 um guardians of the galaxy volume 3 is a movie that is directed by james gunn he's coming back again um he's the one that did all of the other previous guardians movies one and two co-written and directed those movies um and back again uh he returns and this is time this is more of a rocket raccoon story um than it is anything else um here we are de- we are learning more about rocket's history um where he comes from you know what happened to him him. It got hinted before in the past that he got experimented on um, and, and you know, kind of made him into what he is. But here you actually actually see in detail what happened to him um, and his actual place of origin um, and the person who did it to him. And the person who did it to him is the high evolutionary who is played by Chudi um, Iwuji, um, who people might know. He was also in the, another James Gunn property. He was in Peacemaker uh, where he was in that show. Um, and he already is pretty much a despicable guy because it's kind of easy when, you know, when you have a villain in this movie, a villain, uh, particularly in this movie who tortures and kills small animals as well as children. So pretty much right off the gate, uh, you pretty much hate him and is despicable just from that. Um, another kind of new addition and speaking about the higher evolutionary, um, you see some newer people in this movie. You also see Adam Warlock, who is played by Will Poulter, who got, uh, was set up in the last movie in, uh, volume two. Um, so you're also kind of dealing with a lot of the different dynamics as well as of the other guardians. Um, for instance, like with Peter Quill, um, his relationship with Gamora. Um, if people remember, if people been following these MCU movies, uh, remember that Gamora in Affinity War, uh, died, um, and then this is another version of Gamora that got ripped from time. Um, so she has no she has no knowledge and has no history of her pastime of being with the Guardians as we've seen her in the past movies. Um, so all of that's gone. He's trying to rekindle that love um, that he had with her. And it's kind of left him in a kind of a sad, sunken place. Peter Quill, we see him kind of in a drunken stupor. Um, so yeah, so there's a lot of kind of different things kind of going on with this movie. This movie also, some people are calling it a lot darker um, than probably any other MCU movie. Um, very serious. Uh, Hunter mentioned before um, that a lot of people are saying like, should you even take your kids to go see this? Uh, which I'm thinking like, hey, this is isn't this what people want? I mean, you know, a lot of people have talked about like with these Marvel movies, they're too jokey. They undercut things with a lot of jokes, undercut a lot of tension, mm-hmm. a lot of jokes. Uh, here, it's like, this is a little bit more dramatic. You, you know, getting a little bit more serious stuff here, especially like dealing with torture and experimentation and eugenics and all these other things. You know, I think more people would have wanted that from an NC movie, but I'm going to kind of pass it around. To, uh, these guys get their thoughts on the movie. Um, Dusk, let you go ahead, man. Uh, yeah. Um, it, the, well, some people have said darker. Uh, I actually got a surprising, I don't know if this has changed in the way you buy some of your tickets, but I did get a PG-13 uh, warning for this movie when I purchased it. And then it clicked through, you're, like, you're aware that this mar- there might be some things that are not appropriate for certain younger audiences. And I was like, okay, this is going to be good. All right. Yeah. But yeah, no. So they, they're not, even though the theaters have been like, yeah, no, there's going to be some darker stuff in it. But if we're all being honest, the previous Guardians Galaxies were also quite dark. Uh, two in particular. There's that it's scene. Yeah. yeah. Two in particular. There's that scene where they just find like all these bodies 
And that that's where the movie takes a complete turn into really dark territory, and it never quite lets up. Uh, if the ver- beginning of that half was more jovial and kind of like quippy, uh, this one has a tries to it goes back and forth in tones, but it does have a much more. A, it's through experience. He's had a much better time of being masterful of balancing these tones to the point where it never loses the plot of the thread being. There's okay. We have a clicking, uh, ticking clock. We got to make sure we got to take care of this one thing. A friend of ours is in, uh, is hurt or in danger, and we got to make sure that that's our priority. So no matter how many jokes or what we go through, that is always treated seriously. I think that's a good. That was a good grounding and a good anchor for the uh, story moving forward. I think everybody does a good job acting wise. Everyone's like on point. I'm actually so glad that. After seeing movies like Thor and the way they've treated his character to the point where he's just completely unrecognizable and not even uh, just <laughs> just completely unrecognizable. At least everyone is consistent with their characters. Uh, Peter Quill still is charming, still very competent, and it, that makes it much more odd when characters are incompetent in situations or are not as competent, and that's when you start seeing some of the flaws here and there in some of the in the story but regardless of that i will say the uh, actor who plays the high visionary fantastic job really enjoyed him uh i remember reading that he uh tried to play it with a like a dr moreau in space nails that character as this bad genius with a god complex and wants to create something perfect and he really is just a complete despicable character but the ones i kind of miss where it's very shakespearean despicable where there's not much of a redeeming quality of this character there's depth that doesn't is like doesn't justify the thing horrible things he's done. He doesn't pretend to, and so that that allows you to kind of hate this character and build up a, a hatred through other characters when as you see his actions, uh, which leads the story along to getting this uh, item to help uh, one of the characters and keeping bumping into him. So. I did enjoy that much. Now, uh, I'm going to pass it to Hunter because I am curious to what he has to say about some of the new characters added and some of the comic perspectives on that measure. I know a little, but I'd like to see what he thinks about this story overall and what they've added. Yeah, so, like, the big character they, <clears throat> that they add is uh, Adam Warlock, mm-hmm. who uh, they went ahead and they teased at the end of... Uh, in the mid-credit... Mid or post, I can't remember. I think it was the mid. Um, of... Uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Mm-hmm. So, I, without getting too much in the spoiler ter- territory, you're not going to get Adam Warlock Prime in this. It's kind of mm-hmm. similar to, um, God, what I. It's kind of similar to Falcon. That's actually a very apt comparison because, like, you're, you you get you get glimpses of what Sam Wilson is, but obviously you need to wait. You know, through you kind of go, go through his journey. Uh, Adam Warlock is a kid, uh, and very similar to the comics. Like he has a very much a uh, kind of a Fred from Scooby Doo, kind of that you know that intellect where he's just kind of a dullard, but you know he he's very he's young as far as his mental capacity. Um, the way they display his powers is fucking awesome. Like I, I like as far as how his power set would look on mm-hmm. screen. I love that. Like, his aesthetic, I, I think they absolutely nailed it. Um, but if you if you come to the movie going, oh, man, I can't wait to see Adam Warlock for, like, 80% of the movie, you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> so, uh, 
<laughs> so yeah. I would I, I would just set your expectations like think of him more in that Sam Wilson vein, and I think you'll kind of go like, oh, okay. Um, without getting into spoilers, this might be a top five performance of Bradley Cooper's career. Like I was sitting down last night thinking about, I'm like, okay, so like Limitless, because mm. Limitless rules, God, Limitless rules, um, Silver Linings, um, oh my God, why the fuck am I blanking on the Lady Gaga movie? Um, a oh, Star Jesus is born. Christ. Um, a Star is Born. Thank you, God damn I own the movie, I could not <laughs> think of it. Star is Born, it's been a long day, kids. Um, so, Star is Born. Um, but yeah, this is like, uh, in like Nightmare Alley, because Nightmare Alley fucking rules. Um, yeah, this might be a top five performance from Cooper. He's kind of incredible in this because he really is the lead. Um, you know, I, I, Chris Pratt gets the you know the spot on the poster, but this is really starring Bradley Cooper and the flashbacks to Rocket. The shit is dark, y'all. Like it's dark as fuck. And I, 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 I talked about it uh, on part one how. You know, watching Wakanda Forever, that that's such a that's one of my favorite slash least favorite <laughs> um theater experiences just because that audience knew what they were getting into and we were all kind of bonding our grief there for that almost three hours, just like, oh fuck. And watching it with this audience, uh watching volume three, you just you just there was just something different just sitting there. Um, my partner and I, at multiple points, were crying. Um, we definitely came home and hugged our cats very tight <laughs> after, after watching this. Uh, if you have a pet, you're going to hug your pet very, very closely <laughs> after watching this shit. But, um, man, one thing I absolutely love about this movie, and there's not as much of it, I, the action, especially in the third act, kicks so much ass. There is a scene... That is straight out of the Guardians of the Galaxy video game. Like as far as how it's filmed and like even the moves that are done, I was like, okay, James Gunn played this fucking game. Like it, it's very similar to how in No Way Home, Peter does a couple things that are straight out of the Spider-Man PS4 game, and you're like, oh wait a minute. You're like, okay, these fuckers are playing this shit. Um, Gunn knows how to work that camera, and one thing that I've really loved about these Guardians films is watching James Gunn grow more confident as a director. Because not for like, you know, like if you go back and watch Super or Slither, like he's like they're great films. Like he and they're very well directed. Mm -hmm. But you can feel like that hesitancy. Like as you do when you first are doing something. Like you just don't know what you don't know yet. And so Gunn kinda, you know, he improves a little bit each film. And He's in his bag in this movie. He is just, he's kind of showing off. And you know what? Go ahead, James. And there there's some, some commentary on people who think they know better than everyone else that, and I actually love this, that feels like a dig at Marvel Studios for how they fired him for four or five months or how long the fuck that was. Um, it feels like Gunn's working through some shit too. And I actually appreciate that. I'm like, dude, like, Go ahead, man. Like, this is your finale. You've earned this shit. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a great finale for these characters. And um, before I kind of throw it back, uh, Dave Batista, man, um, I remember people laughed at his ass when he quit wrestling. And there's just like, you're going to be nothing after this. Like, you're going to be back doing Batista bombs in the air. And goddamn, man, he between this and uh, 
like knock at the can uh knock at the cabin and and, and, st- and stuber even like doing a comedy he's he's a great fucking actor he, he really is and i'm just i'm happy for him uh and to see how he's grown with this character um yeah this is great stuff great stuff mm, yeah yeah, um, to talk about your point with Adam Warlock, yeah, if you're expecting a lot of him, you're not going to get it um, in this movie. Um, you know, you could almost take him out of the movie entirely, and I don't think you're going to be missing much if you do. Not say he's bad. I like Will Poulter. Um, I like him as an actor, and I you know, want to see more of him in the role. I just don't think he just kind of felt kind of thrown in here because, like, well, we set him up in the last movie. Um, and shame for him because it's like this dude, he did all this working out. He trained. He, got the, he went on the MCU workout plan and he barely gets to take his shirt off he only gets to take his shirt off once in the whole thing he he has his shirt off um i mean if that was me i'd been like man i'm getting a mandatory three shirtless scenes in this movie like i'm not doing all this work i'm not eating chicken and rice and potatoes and broccoli for you know what i mean all this time and i'm not taking my shirt off i'm i'm taking my shirt off fuck that um but yeah um I feel like, you know, it's just not a, this, this, there's really no point for him to be here. Um, with, you know, talking about his character, I do feel like the humor with his character is like the humor in a lot of the movie where it's just kind of like he's dumb. Um, I feel like the Drax is dumb. Mantis is dumb. Um, I feel like there's a lot of that and other people calling them dumb, um, or calling them morons or anything like that. I feel like that's, that's a lot of it. That's quite a bit of the humor in here um, that, that kind of is in the movie, which is kind of a complaint of mine. I wish they kind of varied some of the different humor here. Um, speaking about the, you know, more about the, the team here, the Guardians, um, in, in how many years has there been since they've all been together? Um, the way they kind of just go back and forth at each other is really good. You know, there's some funny moments where they are bickering, but then sometimes it's, it's moments that aren't, aren't just bickering. That's for comedic purposes it feels like it's bickering like these motherfuckers are really getting on each other's nerves like these motherfuckers are really sick of each other you know what i mean they love each other you know as they say in the movie they do love each other but at some point it's like when you're with family it's like i gotta get the fuck away from you or else i'm gonna kill you you know what i mean i just i gotta have some separation here (laughs) and i and i feel that with you know with this and when they're kind of going back and forth um and then it kind of and then it kind of feels like you know to, to talk more about the dumb thing it kind of feels. You remember Lightyear, and you remember in the movie Lightyear. If somebody, if people remember that movie, that was the Buzz Lightyear movie. Um, you probably didn't watch it. A lot of people didn't. Uh, but it feels like when he was with that those team of people, it was like I was like it's Lightyear and the fuck up squad. And it, sometimes it kind of feels like that. Like even though Mantis and Drex do have a purpose here, I mean they do serve a purpose and they do you know they are you know good fighters and you know Mantis with her ability to you know. Uh, uh, use her telepathy to communicate with people and Drax is, you know, good uh, com- uh, warrior and everything. It does feel like a lot of stuff wouldn't happen unless they weren't being dumb. You know what I mean? If they weren't being dumb, some stuff couldn't happen. And 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 the movie would be a lot shorter because of that. Um, and I, I kind of feel that here. You, you seem like you were going to say something about that? Yeah, because by the fact you just said they have a purpose, then they're not like the people in Lightyear. <laughs> well, a little the people bit. in Lightyear don't have a purpose. They're like, like, like not until like the third act though. Like they don't really have a purpose. Like Drax and Mantis have uh, a purpose really all the way through. Like they wouldn't have gotten, um, uh, they they wouldn't have almost gotten this thing that's important without Mantis's help. And mm-hmm. I I'm trying to dance around spoilers, but. They- yeah, there's 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 a scene kind of early on where she like kind of she like saves their ass, and I and I think 
the dumbness uh, as far as dumbness um, is the fact that she's the most empathetic out of the team. And it's kind of her having a mental breakdown in kind of an amazing way because she's the one who has to, you know, feel everything for the team. And she's kind of almost like the, like, yeah, she's dumb at points, but she's kind of like the the babysitter. And she's actually almost the one who has to be um, the most adult at points because Peter is, Peter's drink, you know, Peter's leaving Las Vegas drinking. Gamora's not on the team. Uh, Groot's a tree. Uh, <laughs> Rocket is Rocket. Uh, Drax is dumb, and then Nebula is still working through her, through her da- uh, her, her Thanos shit. And so decades of uh, pain and suffering and torment. Yeah. Well, which, to be fair, I mean the bit that we saw of her getting tortured, like okay, if you're if you multiply that out by like a year, let alone ten or fifteen, it's like okay, fair enough. That would take you. A couple months to try and move past, but but yeah. this is the one who's feeling everyone else's shit. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't even I don't really think she's dumb. I think she's just I think she's just tired. And and there's just a point where she even snaps a Nebula like stop just short of saying bitch who you think you are. And I was like, yeah, she's actually not wrong on, on this point because you all kind of just dump your shit. She, she's that friend where they don't ask to talk about their bullshit with you, but you're allowed to dump your bullshit on them. Like, that's who Mantis is in the group at a point. She just can't take it anymore uh, with some of the stuff that's going on. So, I don't think it's necessarily dumb. I kind of get what you're saying, but I never it never came across as dumb to me. It came across to the fact that she's just trying to manage everyone else's feelings while kind of pushing hers down. Mm, that's a good point. That's just <laughs> That's a good point. Um, another kind of complaint I had about it um, was the high evolutionary. A little bit. I mean, a little bit. I I love his role. I like you say it's easy to hate him. It's easy for him to be despicable. Um, like I said before, you know, my you, you might not want to get him confused with another screaming black man who's all in purple who can move things with his mind. What we just had in the last movie with Kang. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I do think he kind of comes in and yeah, simple kind of guy. He wants to take over, make every the world in his image. How many times have we seen this before? They even call it out in the movie. Um, these Guardians movies have always had a good you know thing about calling out a lot of these villains and their simple kind of premises. You know, Roman uh, Ronan the uh, the Accuser was all about hey, I just want to take over the world, and they do fun with that stuff. So I think he's very good in that, um, even in his kind of simple kind of premise there. And you know, uh, as much as he's yelling and kind of screaming. Um, but I, I still did kind of love his performance. Um, yeah, I'm going to toss it back to Dust uh, to get some of his further thoughts here. Dust. Hmm. Yeah. No, I, I definitely see where your, your complaints are coming through, and I kind of have similar feelings as well. The The plot overall is a we got to get to a certain point here, and that helps ground it, but there are a lot of moments where some of it's just like, all right, it, you don't have to keep calling each other dumb, but it does... It does feel like this team has been through a lot, and you. It does at least appropriate. At least it does notice that. Yeah, these guys have been through a lot. Peter Quill's been through a lot. Uh, Nebula's been through a lot. Mantis has just been getting shit on since she was introduced in Galic and Guardians Two, and she's just put up with it because. Well, why wouldn't she? That's all she's ever known. Yeah. So she's just put up with whatever it took because she just. She just wants to keep things together and be seen. And actually, out of all of them, Peter's like the nicest to her overall. Yeah, by far. And that does 
by far. He treats her like an actual person, and that's why they have a good dynamic. And he is one of the very few that does listen to her, but he does, like Peter, get stuck in his own head. But he doesn't outright ignore her like she sometimes, like the other characters just dismiss her. No, the movie is good about this. Uh, at least I'll, uh, I enjoyed the themes, at least of the movie, discussing that. Uh, don't just dismiss everybody. Everybody's kind of going through other things, and they may not be talking about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a good scene later, without spoiling anything, that someone asks another character, uh, well, how come you didn't just tell us? It's like, you never ask. You yeah. just assume. And it's yeah. like, that's ultimately the theme of this movie, is just like try to ask... There are things that uh, people are going through and they all, um, by the end of it, it's like, okay, this, again, feels like a last gasp of what's left of the end of Phase 3, kind of wrapping up a lot of loose ends. And if this is the end of, this was the end completely, this is how we wrapped up Guardians, I would be mostly fine with all of it, aside for the relationship they did with Gamora. Uh, Gamora. I'm going to be perfectly honest, I actually do not like what they d- did with Gamora throughout what they've done up to this point. I thought you build up like two and a half to three movies of their relationship. Do a good job at it. And then uh, you fridge her character and then push a reset button and then just went, all right. And then we're going to try and deal with that and never quite resolve it by the end of this. It's quote unquote resolved, but it's not as satisfying as I was hoping for it to be. And Mm. that's just something I felt that's that's a disappointment, especially with how much they had done with their characters beforehand the way it ends is kind of a little unsatisfactory compared to everything else uh the higher evolutionary while i do also like him as a bad guy and he does it really well it does tie him back to the uh marvel thing of we gotta stop a bad guy from doing a bad thing to do something really godlike and oh oh my goodness (laughs) he's not too layered He's yeah. not horribly layered in his approach, which, to be fair, in the comics, is not really that much. I was about to say, like, like that's really like, like I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna dog on it because, to be fair, to be fair, <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I think all the side characters are fun too. I, I like Cosmo. Mm. Uh, I like the extra characters they introduced. I like uh, the the arc with James. You know. I did appreciate it. I'll say this. James Gunn's brother being through all these movies has been like through a roller coaster of both being a okay actor and actually having a character arc is probably one of the most biggest surprises yeah. from being just a, a random mook who was just there as like a long cameo in the first one yeah. to then the second one getting a lot more development as being the side as the sidekick to now being a like taking care of maintaining this place and yeah, acting as like this, trying to live up to Yondu's shadow, which is a big shadow. I'll grant him his bri- thing, but he he's trying, and he does a good job of just being this this yokel guy. That you're just like, yeah, man, you do see like that. It just doesn't seem like he's acting a lot, where he does feel like, oh man, I'm in someone else's shadow. I really just got to try. He, it, it, yeah, he he kind of has this. He has almost like this everyman thing about him that like mm-hmm. endears you to him. Like he's got like the beer gut, and he's just like even yeah. though he's really skinny, he has that beer gut along with it, and he's just like he has the uh, the long johns, and he's just like oh whatever you say, Peter. Uh, uh, I'm just trying to help out, man, and fix this place. And Please don't blow up. 
and yet he gets a couple moments that I was like, I'm so happy you're getting this moment. Yeah, right like, yeah. like it, it, and I really found that with um, there's something that calls back to a member of the Guardians near the end, no spoilers, but they talk about how I never do this one thing, and then they end up doing this one thing, and you're just like, that's so fucking cool, and like, the movie really does reward you if you've been on the journey um, mm. with these with these characters. It does a really great job of uh, of just, for, for me, of, of wrapping stuff up. Um, um, I fucking love that goddamn dog. Like, it, uh, uh, it's <laughs> so... Mouth. It's so weird that Cosmo's voiced by fucking uh, Borat's daughter, uh, Maria <laughs> Maria uh, Baglova, which, to be fair, when I think of her, doggy is a word that comes to mind. Uh, anyways, but, uh, <laughs> but, she, but she does a great job in this. Um, I think I mentioned it on the, uh, on the first run. This is a top five performance of Bradley Cooper's career. He's fucking amazing in this. Um, it's, it was always funny to me that like Vin Diesel voicing a tree that almost really makes sense because it's Vin Diesel, but like mm-hmm. multiple time Academy Award winning actor Bradley Cooper voicing voicing a fu- a fucking raccoon just seemed mm-hmm. like wait what? But then you see like behind the scenes and he he actually gets into it. You're like wow, he's actually putting his all into voicing this goddamn raccoon. And mm-hmm. oh, go 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 with this. Oh, it's just this this movie relies on and i was really thinking about it near the end of the movie while watching it and i couldn't i was really just uh, the way it kind of ends you just go i'm watching cgi characters this these are characters that you've known for a while the entire like a lot of the heart in this movie are balanced on a couple of shoulders most of the heavy lifting is doing being done by bradley cooper as rocket With the other sides being kind of carried by uh, Chris Pratt and I want to say Drax. Drax and like. Yeah. And Drax and I say Mantis are like sharing that last kind of pin that they're kind of doing with a little bit of help from Nebula with like her pinky. She's trying, but it's like, eh, Nebula's there <laughs> and she's good. And I like with her being there. But if we're talking about overall, but I'm just, was the entire time you get invested in these. The CGI character, and I just, I just realized, oh my god, I actually feel something for these CGI characters, and he's doing a good job about it. Where I'm just seeing a character, and he just happens to be voicing a a talking raccoon, yeah. and it's been going this this long that you're that invested. I think, if nothing else, that's a testament for James Gunn and the writing team, and and Bradley Cooper, and everyone else doing because they. They have just they nail these characters, they nail their charisma, their characterization as this ragtag group and and if this is really the the wrap up, aside from my problems with the overall story between uh Chris I'm sorry, uh Star Lord and Gamora and the way they set it up and where I don't feel that's completely satisfied, I thought this was a pretty solid way to just tie it off and walk off in the sunset. Hmm. Just be like, Alright, we're done with these characters for the most part. Uh, this is their final arcs for a lot of them. There's a few arcs who could still go on certain characters. They could do their own thing. Oh, but yeah. as a Guardians, as a collective, as this initial unit, they've pretty much reached their their near end. They'll still like care for each other, and they'll still always be there for each other. But yeah, I think it's like it, it's it's almost a bitter it's a bittersweet note fine for me because after Endgame, I didn't really have a 
like last kind of hurrah moment that felt like hey, okay that's like a book ending whether how you felt about endgame or not it was the booking was closing this felt like an author for that book saw how popular their work was and it did like one last short story to wrap things up as like a tying loose end and and sent that in and you get to read one last thing and be like okay all right i i i'm satisfied for the most part and that's just the way it is, and I'm okay with it. it. It the movie's not perfect; it has pacing problems for certain things. Some of the tone is not always great, which happens when you're balancing so many different tones. But and I don't know whether I'd love this more than the previous Guardians movies, but I think they did a, a solid job just nailing the characters and nailing the the landing and the beginning. And I think the way they end up is a fine enough place to just kind of you're like yeah okay we're, we're all right it's like uh it's like a john rambo rambo 4 ending where it's just walking off to to go to a a, a building and you, you don't need to know how that answer goes you're like he's making that walk and yeah. that, that's it i don't need to see much more yeah um you know this coming in phase five um you know there's a lot of people with the mcu now that's just like you know i'm done i'm over it after end game there's kind of just nothing for me left um and there's only a few things that i've really liked post in game that mm-hmm. much um you know movie wise i think it's just for me it's this and then wakanda forever um and i did really enjoy this i know i had some you know earlier complaints on this but you know speak about the positives of it you know again love the chemistry between you know the you know these uh the guardians uh the side characters in this as well like you mentioned cosmo you mentioned uh sean gunn who's in this um you know, very good. I think they all work really well together. Some a lot of great stuff with them. Uh, the direction and writing uh, from James Gunn again, you know, tends to be you know a great star in a lot of his movies as well. You know, his his vision for you know the soundtrack. Um, you know, the, the soundtrack was fantastic. Um, yeah, the soundtrack was very good in this. You had a lot of different songs from all the different decades, seventies, eighties. You know, some two thousands. You know, you had a lot of different nineties, two thousands. A lot of different variety here. I will say the soundtrack isn't as integral to the part of the movie. I would say is one or two, where one and two, like the, mm. the music, really had a place in the story here. It just, I think there's some needle drops. that's kind of like okay, we're just kind of just doing needle drops, really. Um, you know, James Gunn does reach into his bag of tricks when it comes to you know we've seen him do now multiple team up movies with the Guardians movies and then he went over to dc did the suicide squad you know we've seen him kind of do this now where it's like the slow motion team is walking in a direction you know we've kind of we've kind of seen that you know before from him so he reaches into his you know bag of tricks there um works yeah i mean hey if it's broken don't fix it um and you know speaking of kind of bag of tricks it's like now that guardians i mean it's been nine years essentially since the first Mm -hmm. one it feels like every mcu movie as a lot has tried to be guardians uh, since then like you know i mean humor was always a thing with the mcu movies but after guardians it felt like they tried to really interject that into a lot of their stuff um it wasn't as much i've actually seen some of the older ones just to check it wasn't as nauseating the amount of jokes the humor was more came from the environment and care in good character moments to breathe levity it wasn't really until guardians that they went oh joke a minute here joke there and tried to emulate that over and over again like after and it just kept doing it to the point now where it was more comedy than what it was before. So yeah. emulating, but not quite. 
Yeah, and then we've had, you know, now with the Thor movies, with Thor, it's just turned into straight comedy, you know, space comedies, because, like, when Guardians came out, it felt fresh, you know what I mean? It's like, here's, they're, they're all the way in space, it's this comedy, it's this kind of thing, it felt kind of fresh now, it's kind of like, it's, it doesn't feel as fresh, and I don't think it's as mm-hmm. good as the first one, I do think it's better than the mm-hmm. second one, uh, but mm-hmm. I, I, it's close, It's I think it's close to being as good in the first one, and like you mentioned, I mean, you feel, like Hunter mentioned, you really feel the emotion here from Bradley Cooper as Rocket, and then the other uh, characters here, where you see his backstory, where he meets his, you know, the, the, his first friends that you see, these other kind of CGI creatures, mm-hmm. this otter, and this walrus, and this bunny, um, even though there's a bunny in this, I'm like, if I saw that bunny in real life, I'd be like, get the hell away from me, I mean, you, you know what I mean, I'd be <laughs> like, you you would scare the hell out of me, it's like, this little bunny, it's got red eyes, and tarantula, t- legs and all this other stuff i'm like okay uh yeah uh you know but um you know they're all like these cute little animals and they're all hanging and you speak about the emotional core i feel like these animals really are are a big emotion and emotional core of this movie like seeing them and seeing them kind of build this camaraderie um and you really kind of feel that throughout and it's like these are just cgi characters on the screen and and they look good too a lot of the 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 special effects here i don't think there's any moment where i went like there's no moment like you'll see in something like love and thunder where it was like that scene with the boy where he's the projection or anything like that i don't think you'll see any kind of walk wonky looking cgi here like you do maybe sometimes in other movies or maybe sometimes in like ant-man quantumanium where i just felt like it just it just looks like they're just walking around on a green screen. It just it doesn't look like they're mm-hmm. actually interacting with the environment. Like here, they're actually interacting with the environment. Like the scene where they go to like a to, to try to get an item and they're on the, this this base and they're touching things and feeling things. Like this actually feels like they're interacting with their environment here. Uh, Hunter, I'm gonna get you in here um, and, and kind of get to some of your thoughts. Yeah, um, I'm 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 just looking through Phase Four. Phase four is just like the most, and, and look, I, I've i come on, I've had this discussion, and I'm just going to keep it short. Um, I've dug most of phase four. It definitely, um, there have been some misses, I'll, I'll be the first to admit. Um, rewatching Love and Thunder, while I still enjoy it, I don't enjoy it as much as I did on my initial watch. I can admit that. Um, I rewatched Ant-Man. Uh, I, I rewatched Quantumania. I still really dig that. Um, but I will agree with you, there are definitely... I think most of the effects work for me, but there are definitely some points where I go, oh, this is looking a little, little too much like Land of the Lost. Um, but there's definitely... It looks... it looks, It's very similar to Wakanda Forever, where I think it just looks so immersive in a way that I don't think uh, Love and Thunder and uh, Quantumania always do. Um, James Gunn has just grown. He's grown as a director with these movies. Um, when he got fired for that bullshit, um, I even said, I was like, if I'm DC, I'm calling him right the fuck now, being like, hey, dude, save us, save us, save us, and go figure, uh, that's exactly what happened. I mean, and I can't wait to see what he does with Superman. Uh, maybe Superman oh, will actually, maybe Superman will actually save someone. That'd be cool. Um, but I, but I really, but I really... Dude, it can't be worse than Man of Steel or BVS, man. Like, like it cannot be worse. Um, uh, but never, never suggest that anything dude, could be not worse. Dude, it won't be, man. He'll be fine. But I don't know. I was really happy to see how this ended up. Um, so much of what I like, I can't talk about because it's spoilers. So you can check out my channel uh, for when I review that. But um, at the end of the day, I love 
the beginning song that this opens with. Um, it's probably my favorite opening uh, credits out of the three. Um, I, I love the opening credits for this. Um, I love the music here. Uh, to Josh's point, it's not quite as integral plot-wise, but the music's fucking fantastic. Um, and then I would say the last song, the song that it ends with, I was just like, this is fucking perfect, and I'm so happy of all the songs in the world you picked this one. Uh, Gun knows his music. He knows what he's doing. But um, this is a really fitting end to this version, this roster of the Guardians. Uh, just uh, would just like to remind you people who aren't nerds, um, there are multiple Guardians of the Galaxy teams, including one that has Ant-Man on it and Hercules. Just throwing that out there now. Um, but um, I'm really excited for people to see this. Um, you're going to have your heart broken, and that's okay. Like, it's okay. It's okay to hurt. It's okay to feel. Um, but I was really happy to see how these characters kind of wrapped up their... Um, wrapped up their arcs while leaving some arcs for unfinished for characters that do make it uh, through this. Um, are we doing great? Or... Yep, you can give your final rating. Okay, uh, yeah, this is... Uh... Actually, what am I talking about? This is this is cinema for me. Um, I, loved, I love this movie. Um, I... I still don't know if I love it more in Volume 2, because I still remember when Ego says, like, it killed me to put <laughs> to put that tumor in your mother's head. I remember about hearing a pin drop. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. And and the, and the second one just hits this space for me that I'm going to have to rewatch this to see if I like it more in Volume 2. But this is, like, Captain America trilogy is right here for me, because I, I just I love the Cap trilogy. And Guardians is, like, right there! And it might end up doing this by the time uh, when I rewatch this. But, uh... Okay. Be prepared to hug your animals. Be prepared to hug your animals a little tighter <laughs> after you watch this. Because, goddamn. Um, but it, it, it sets up some very interesting pieces while being its own thing. But just be prepared to cry. But it's okay. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Dusk? Final thoughts, Ray? Uh, uh, and with final regards to the music, I do think there actually is a theme in this about music. It's just more subtle than the others. Music is all over this movie. Mm. I don't think it's just used it. Uh, uh, there's a point when the villain does say something about music, particularly, and about the human soul and artistry, mm. and it shows a sophistication. Mm. So, in that sense... And even by the way it, the, the movie ends, music is used to uplift people and to remind and remind us that music is important. Mm. So this one, it does have more of an overall theme rather than a direct to... We've already covered how important music is to uh, Peter Quill in those first two movies. They're integral to him as a person and as the Guardians as a whole. And then by the end, that music is then transcribed to more people and that is collectively together it, it feels like a, a transient a more transient idea by the end but that being said yeah i don't know whether or not i still enjoy the first guardians was genuinely a pleasant surprise yep. it's still one of my top of the marvel movies and i can actually rewatch that one over again two i didn't like as much but there were moments in it that i really did enjoy 
This one, I've I've only seen it this first time, so I don't know yet. But I do, I have enjoyed it more than I have a lot of other Marvel properties that have come out recently. So I did enjoy seeing all these characters. I did enjoy the music choices. The CGI was actually pretty good. Didn't have a take moment me being taken out. The emotional core was strong. The writing was pretty solid for the most part. And everyone did a great job with these characters. With that said, uh, I have no choice but to give it a solid tune in. This is a check it out at the movie theaters. This is what seeing an entertaining movie is. I'm sure friends of mine will ask me to see it again and I can go... Yeah, I'll watch it again. I'll watch another Guardians movie. Why not? I've already seen the other ones like two times already. I'll watch this one a second time. And I think that's a high praise. For a lot of Marvel Marvel stuff I've seen, I watch once and I'm like, all right, I'm done. I've seen it. I don't need to see more. This one had more of a heart to it, had more of a passion behind it. And for that reason, I think it elevates it a bit more. Regardless of some of the pacing issues or satisfaction with that I felt, I think it does is able to set itself as a solid enough uh, viewing to give it a uh, a solid tune in. Mm. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with it. I'm going to give a, maybe a little bit higher, maybe even more stronger tune in maybe than you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this. Um, like I said, I think it's been pretty a shaky road up and down. Um, you know, it's kind of you know, rare that I'm ever like, man, this was, you know, coming out of something, the MCU project going like, man, I'm really excited about this. I really like this. Um, and really excited to see it again. Um, like I said, I, I was that way with this, um, enjoyed it. Um, I think it's kind of on par with a little bit of the first movie. Um, and like, as everybody mentioned in here, Hunter Dusk, it will hit you in the feels. Uh, I mean, you will definitely will feel something. I think, um, whether this will turn you around, if you're a person like, man, I, you know, I like the Guardians movies before things maybe went downhill for you. Is this going to be a good finale Mm -hmm. for me? Uh, am I going to go in and enjoy this? Um, I don't know, it depends. I've seen some kind of mixed opinions on it. I've seen some people say it's maybe a little too somber. Um, right. You know, I've seen some people say that with it. Um, well, I think, what do you want? <laughs> you know, some people say it's it's too much of a bittersweet ending. You know, it's kind of not what they wanted from it. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I liked it. I liked kind of the bittersweet nature of it. I liked kind of the uh, the somberness of it. Um, as, as Dust mentioned, there's some good hopefulness stuff into it with the music coming in there, what they do um, that feels good. Um, and I like all the dynamics between all the characters and kind of what they're going to what they're going through and how they kind of all relate to each other um which was very nice um so yeah uh for me i would give it uh, a strong tune in and it's like also as hunter mentioned the action in the, the movie uh in this movie mm-hmm. also pretty good There's some really good action scenes too uh and as well uh some I'm, of the better i've seen in a marvel project in a while yeah you know it's 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 pretty some pretty exciting action stuff um stuff with adam warlock kind of felt like a little bit like captain marvel-esque type of stuff so i wasn't really that interested whenever kind of showed up doing some action. right uh, but i thought he like the actor himself did a fine job i actually like the actor and he he does the job well enough there's just not much for him to do i will say this though uh in the very beginning of the movie there is a musical introduction to adam warlock and i just want a gif of that of him just yeah, flying in space to that was- music just consistently yeah. and just that is the perfect idiom of what the 80s represents the 80s like ridiculous silver age this like silver age comic kind of and i'm like i want that just make a and, gift of that and it's kind of awesome because it's enough like his look is just enough silver age but mm-hmm. like modern silver age like yeah because i love that silver age like dumb like you know like 
why is there a Superman refrigerator? Why is there a Spider-Man van? Like that bullshit. Like I love that shit. Like I love that dumb. Like <laughs> it's there like, because it's there. It doesn't yeah, matter. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that was always the response in the comics. Uh, is that it's there because it's there. Um, just real quick, I'll say I've ranked the entire MCU on my uh on my letterbox. Like mm. all the stuff that's canon, canon at least. I have this at my number seven spot. It's sandwiched right in between Civil War and Wakanda Forever. Um, like so, just for perspective. But. Sure, I'll make sure to put your letterbox link in the description. Yeah, everybody check it out. Um, so this is cinema and a uh, strong tune in for me, and also a good tune in from Dusk for Guardians of the mm-hmm. Galaxy Volume Three. <laughs> 